Hello, and welcome to the Ecommerce Source Podcast. My name is Andy Solhoff. I'm here with my friend and business partner, Tim McDougall. Tim, what's up today? Uh, e-commerce sales, at least for the things that we work on, but uh, or most of them, not Man, all of them. I, it's been, a tough holiday season, but we have some things that are up versus a year ago. Oh, so. for sure, for sure. And I've been reading reports uh, of people have been seeing, you know, this past weekend was just a, a great uh, sales weekend. And I'm oh, I haven't seen numbers. that. So what's because the week after the the news we had was, you know, the the industry was rolling into Black Friday, Cyber Monday, running a little bit down, and that was a little bit down from prior year. Mm-hmm. And then the week after Cyber Monday, that week that followed was way down. Yep. So that was the whole um, speculation that people made sure they got their gifts during Black Friday, Cyber Monday, but then a lot more of them were out and done mm-hmm. and not jumping in in early December like they usually do. Did you see a better report this weekend? Uh, yeah, I definitely had seen some people um, talking Facebook ads, buyers. And, you know, it's tough when you're in subreddits and Twitter and stuff. Is you know who's yes, just totally blowing, reliable. Everything on Reddit, smoke there, but uh, people just seeing this I did see in a couple of the, the Facebook uh, campaigns that I know we have run in uh, that had a really successful week uh, weekend rather. Um, so yeah, uh, and then uh, on Amazon as well, I had a few clients that had. Uh, we've just had a really strong uh, December so far and a couple of record oh, we've had, days. We've had so. a number of partners that have had their best. November or best this time of year, best early December ever, mm-hmm. and then and then some because of shipping issues and everything else that are having having harder times with it. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, been a fun uh, f- fun holiday season so far. But uh, today we're talking AI. We're talking the future of marketing and the internet and it's going to put everybody outside out of jobs and and the whole bit here so oh, so you're buying in the whole hype you're the no, hype guy okay no i mean we're just <laughs> just repeating what you know you hear on on the interwebs yeah. but uh so we're talking primarily chat gpt today but we're also talking jasper and other artificial intelligence uh content generators but this topic blew up you know within the last you know two three weeks really uh, what do they say? They went from zero to a million users in, and that was five the first days. couple of days. Yeah. yeah so, so, so let's 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 dial back a bit and give the background, the context for it. Let's um, do it. But most people listening to this probably know, but ChatGPT was released either the first or second of December, right around there. Mm-hmm. And ChatGPT is a product from OpenAI, the company. Sam Altman is the founder of that. Elon Musk was also a founder, but he's no longer part of the company, no longer part of the board or anything else. In fact, he banned uh, ChatGPT from Twitter. It was using Twitter to go through and figure out how people talk to each other, and he banned it from accessing Twitter. But uh, but what what really took storm was people figuring out just how much this AI could do. It was yeah. released for an open beta. Um, we don't know how long it's going to be available. They'll probably have to shut it down fairly soon because the processing resources it requires are immense, and that's a lot of cost. And And if you've tried to log on to it, this is the 12th of December as we record this. If you try and log on to it right now, better than average chances that you're going to be knocked out of the system because it's too busy. Yeah. So um, they'll they'll test it as long as they can. They'll pull it back, and then they'll do a new version of it. But what became um, really interesting in this, and some of our team started talking about this, and I'll be honest, Andy, my first reaction was, yawn, another chatbot. I mean, we've seen Intercom. We've seen Chatbot, the actual app called Chatbot. Yeah. We've seen all these different conversational AI, and really what they are is big menu structures, and it takes a long time to implement. They can be useful, 
but they're really limited. And it's really multiple choice is how they work in most cases. That's how most e-commerce companies use them. And the first time you experience ChatGPT, you realize that, oh, this is not the same thing. Yeah. This is not a multiple choice. You just ask it questions in regular languages and it tries to answer you and its answers are pretty good. So then the question for us became as an e-commerce agency that's focused on e-commerce and physical products. What things could it do for an e-com agency, right? Yeah. We're, we're not, we're not uh, writing deep code for something. There, there's all kinds of development and engineering use and everything else, but we're looking at specifically e-com applications. So yeah. we put a challenge to our team and to ourselves to say, okay, everybody go create a chat GPT account and go test the things you would normally try and do during the day and see what, see what chat GPT can do. And so that's, that's the subject of this podcast, right, is what can ChatGPT do right now? What's it mean maybe for the future? It's not fully baked yet. Yeah. But what's it look like for automation and AI in the future for e-commerce as you, as you run your e-commerce business? Right. And I want to differentiate here too is we've had a, it's a Jasper. I can't, I think you think it used to be called Jarvis. When we signed up, it was a Jarvis. Uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, and then probably what Marvel probably sued. Yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Too much Iron Man reference. <laughs> yeah. But the the prompts for that and the way that worked and we've i think we've I've, we've been having been working with that for about a year maybe a little bit more i can't remember but uh definitely um was a good tool as a base it 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 required more structure and wasn't nearly as um I just just comprehensive as what we're seeing out of this. It chat. wasn't as spooky as what we're seeing with OpenAI. Yeah, yep. Yeah. When I can say to just basically write a blog post, a 500 word blog post on a specific topic, and ChatGPT thinks for a second and then kicks it out, and it's 85. You know, I'd say most of the things, and and we should. That's kind of like the kicker at the end. Most of the things we're finding are 85 to 90 percent good. Yeah. Um. And, you know, it doesn't mean that it can do it all for you. You're still going to do better if you go back and take, you know, use what it has as a right. starter. Um, but let's, we should probably talk about, you know, why, let's talk about the, the biggest hyperbolic claims yes. we heard. Yes. And I then let's talk about this, the biggest but... dismissive ones, right? Yes. So some of the hyperbolic ones, and you mentioned them in the intro, was immediately within two days of it coming out, there were all these posts and we also do a lot of SEO work, so we file a lot of SEO forums on it. But there was a lot of comment about, this is going to put Google out of business, and overnight, it's not going to do that. That said, we should talk about it a little bit, because you can, you can go to ChatGPT and ask it a question. It's going to give you a Wikipedia-like answer, mm -hmm. and you don't need to go to Google search. So will it impact search? Yes. Is it going to put Google out of business? It's not going to tell you what's the best restaurant near you that you that's open yeah, right and now and stuff like that. But the, it's the thing about it help. too is is that I've heard that that's like ten to a hundred times more processing power for a, a chatbot yes. response than a Google search. Also, uh, well, it's not just ten to a hundred. I've heard thousands of times more processing power. To get also, there, they yeah. uh, ChatGPT has whatever uh, a million users or whatever it is now, but. It's not it able can't to scale. It can't, it can't scale, scale to, to a million users, knowing so, that to scale on the level of a Google, you got to be in the billions of users. So there, there's a scaling issue, certainly that's not. But it's, I would love for it to be. Yeah. You know, it, uh, there's times when I like we're trying to figure out what I was going to eat. You know, what we we're going to have for to eat for dinner this week. I, I wanted to go to Chat GPT because it's. Yeah. I don't have to go through all the. You know, the, the crappy uh, recipe sites that have you know. I would hate for the world to run out of energy though because. 
I wanted to use ChatGPT to figure out my dinner menu. Oh, well. And I that mean, feels like, so there's that, right? That's what um, I need. It, there's also a lot of talk. It's going to put writers out of business. It's going to put coders out of business. It's going to, there's, that you can never take another S or you can, as a teacher, you can never give another essay test in school again. There's already been reports of students using ChatGPT to write their essay test or write their essay homework and then turn it back in. And that's our, that's been plenty posted. And if, if you're on the education forums, teachers are all up in arms oh, about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and anyway, well, your wife would know maybe yeah, about that. I was going to say that a little space. bit, but, uh, I think they, for a long time now, this is not new, but for a long time now, teachers have said, uh, if you want to prove a kid knows something, you have to have them do it in front of you without a computer or anything, yep. because they're just going to use, I mean, they're going to use gonna the use tools it. that are out they there. They should, if they're smart, they should. Right. Um, um, but on those texts, it's not going to put Google out of business, but it is going to impact Google if launched wide. And not this this narrow test is not going to do it. It's not going to put writers out of business, I don't think. But it will take some kind of content writing. It's going to take over, um, and we can go. We'll go into kind of writing in a minute here. Is it going to put coders out of business? There are some things in coding that it can do automatically that you don't need a coder for. Now it's not going to put coders out of business, but. Some of the rote tasks that maybe entry-level coders are hired for, mm -hmm. yeah, it could impact that. The uses I've seen of ChatGPT to code, though, have all been implemented by people who already know how to code really well. Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen many instances of somebody who doesn't know how to code being able to use ChatGPT to create code. So um, there, you know, ChatGPT just does it a lot faster mm -hmm. um, and does it mostly error-free and can usually figure out errors. So there's there's a whole lot there. The um, the other side of it was Maybe my initial reaction was, I've seen these before. Let's not get hyped around them. I thought it was another intercom or another chatbot. It's not that. It's much more than that. And there's been, there was an immediate outcry too of people. Everybody hates calling in to customer support and getting the phone version or the chat on the internet version of a chatbot. Yeah. And getting frustrated and yelling. Everybody has probably yelled, um, please, I hate talking to robots. Please let me yes. talk to a human. Talk to Any a human. human oh, yeah. For sure. Um, and that was a lot of the initial negative reaction, too. And it's not really like that. I don't think it replaces humans there either. But um, it's much, it gives you much better answers than, than any of those chatbots do. Mm -hmm. And I, I had to laugh because I think the Internet's, the internet's always bipolar. <laughs> Twitter's always bipolar, right? Because um, the two weeks before ChatGPT rolled out, one of the big topics, at least, even in like digital marketing, digital business, was all about how Alexa was a giant flop and how Amazon's lost and Alexa's lost $10 billion and people don't want human language interfaces and it was a stupid bet on Amazon's part and they never should have done it and what a giant mistake and doesn't Amazon look stupid now? Um, and then right after that, ChatGPT comes out and then it's human chat interfaces are going to take over the world. This is the yeah. greatest thing ever. And it was the same people sometimes commenting on that, right? So um, yeah, it's just that... Oh, you know, Alexa may have been losing money, but Alexa's nowhere near as sophisticated as ChatGPT was. It's not a, I don't think it's a, people don't want an AI human interface. They just want one that's good. Yes. Um, and not as limited. And Alexa, I will tell you, as sharp as it is, is limited, very limited. In what I will do. tell you right now that if I were able to, to ask Alexa for what should I have for dinner this week, and it could spit out the quality of answers that I've seen from ChatGPT, uh, I would take that in a second. Uh, so. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, I'm talking about dinner, but it's, it's you, a you, tough topic you, in our house. Uh, yeah, you figured out meals. You need to eat, and, I guess. Yeah. 
So we'll try We'll get through this. Let's jump in so that you can get some food. <laughs> yes. Um, past lunchtime. <laughs> time, to, time to get some, uh, some I ate right before, here. so I'm good. But uh, I'll, I'll make sure we use food as many examples as possible to okay. drive you as nuts as we can. Let's do it. So here's, so we tried a bunch of tests, right? So let's just roll through different tests that we did. Um, and the, we'll, we'll start with the simplest ones, and then we'll kind of go up to some of the things that were more complicated. Also, we should preface that we haven't, most of these are tests we did ourselves. At some point, ChatGPT started kicking us out saying we had run too many tests. And so some of the things that we want tests, we've had to go on the internet and figure out who else ran a test like this and kind of report back what they found. But let's start with the, like the easiest one. This is like the first one I ran, right? Write a Facebook ad. And so we did a, you know, the prompt we created uh, was write a creative ad for the following product to run on Facebook aimed at young men. And we used our own grown-ass man company shampoo bars, which is a product we, we make. Um, and we wrote a prompt for it. Grown-ass man company shampoo bars are all natural shampoos that come in a solid bar form instead of liquid with strong masculine scents. They produce great lather, are great at cleaning your hair or your body. Um, so pretty simple prompt. We didn't go into super details about ingredients or anything else like that. It spat back a pretty competent Facebook ad. Uh, we ran it by uh, Sonny, who's our Facebook ads uh, manager, and his take was, this is actually pretty good ad copy, right? You could launch that for sure. Yeah. His take was, I, I'd, run, I'd run that copy. Uh, we still need to find an image for it, but that copy works. Um, so it, it wasn't bad. I mean, there were a few points in there where we would have tweaked a few things to be more on target with the brand that I wouldn't expect OpenAI to pick or, Ch or ChatGPT to pick up from the prompt we gave it. But it was probably, if you're using it to replace I don't think it's a full replacement, but if you're using it to write some base copy pieces that then you go back and tweak and edit and that's faster, mm -hmm. it's certainly right out of the gates proved that it could do that, right? Yep. Um, the test we wanted to run was, hey, give me, give me five different ads. You know, write a longer prompt, give it more, give me five different Facebook ads because nobody wants to just have one Facebook ad and run it forever. You can't do that. Yep. And that's when ChatGPT said... Uh, we're out of resources, so come back later. Which, which I think, if you're looking at it and you go, okay, uh, I want this ad to focus on this benefit or this feature or whatever, I think you yeah. could break it out into five different ones, but I'm with you. Every time I tried that sort of multiple uh, request, it just kind of tapped yeah, I, out and said, I think you no just thanks. need to learn. I think, and this we should visit a big theme of all this with writing is it doesn't just do things magically for you. How good the output is depends on how good your prompt is. You put a prompt into, into ChatGPT, and the more specific and detailed you are in the yes. prompt, the better the answer is. So one of the quick insights for us was it doesn't eliminate the need to work um, and do the work and do the thinking. You still have to give it a really good prompt, and then it'll create something for yeah, you. And, and I'll even say the prompt that you read there is maybe even – it's – it's thorough, but not crazy. So again, the prompt yeah. was uh, write a creative ad and, and given it uh, that sort of context, I've, I've given it much less sort of guidelines on some of the stuff that I've done uh, and still, you know, provided some good features. Yeah. The, the thing that I've enjoyed doing is giving it additional context in the chat form, which I think is a, is a fun part of the chat GPT mm -hmm. feature, right? Is that you can say, hey, write a Facebook ad and talk about this feature, and then to say, okay, now uh, change it this way, and it and yeah. it and it's able to take the copy that it had been written and sort of modify it, which I I think is a pretty neat absolutely uh, feature for it to be able to understand what you're saying and respond in you know uh, 
pretty pretty accurate uh, fairly terms. conversationally too so mm-hmm. that's that's uh you know part of this is again it's how much you are willing to work with it you don't have to write a novel for it but you do have to come back and say well you know tweak it this make the voice more formal make the voice less formal mm-hmm. um, add this detail in but you can go back and forth with that and that's nothing you could do with any other kind of writing tool before like this yep so there's that um and when we got again facebook we tried it a couple different times we got ones that were they were not bad um you know with a few minor tweaks a couple of them we might have just used out of the gates and uh, with a few minor tweaks they were pretty good um again and we tried to do multiple facebook ads like give us different variations in this we think it can do that but we haven't been able to test it live yep um we did test it writing product descriptions for listings too so write a product description the interesting part here was it automatically figured out that we were looking for an amazon product description because it every response it gave fit the character limit for amazon product descriptions and whether it was specifically for amazon or just writing a general one that could be used on shopify and amazon but it made sure it hit the amazon character limits it did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the response on that, Rachel on our team tested that. And her response was, actually, this is slightly better than the copy I wrote. Mm-hmm. So, and that was her response in Slack that she thought it did a pretty good job. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I'd like to give Rachel a little bit more, more credit than that. The, I'm just quoting Rachel. The, no the knock aspect, on Rachel oh, ever. Sure. Rachel's amazing. For sure. The aspect that I, I don't have a great handle of, and I don't know that we assessed was, how well any product description that we gave or we requested from ChatGPT import or uh, use keywords that we wanted to rank for. And, yeah. and I think that's the tough part, right? It's like when we write an Amazon description, there's a lot of keyword research that goes into it so that makes sure that we have our, our most, uh, most important keywords at the front and, and use multiple times and variations yes. and things like that. But here's the twist. The twist on this was uh parker also put one in there and asked it to write some product description copy and it went and it was this was for a very specific it was for uh jimmy jack's barbecue sauce which is a local barbecue place that we helped them sell their sauce right um so not not something that most chat engine would would know about it went and searched on amazon to find the existing copy and rewrote the existing copy so we looked at it it actually went Right. To Amazon has sourced it. So it was smart enough to figure that out. It went and looked on the web. It went on the site. It sourced copy that was already out there because it was using copy we had written as its basis. And then it was editing and optimizing off of that, which I thought that was fairly fascinating that it was smart. I mean, it kind of cheats, right? It cheats. It went right. We're asking about a project description. So it went and looked at the one we already wrote. But that's actually pretty smart. I, I don't think that was dumb at all. And it, and it made a few modifications to it that weren't, weren't bad either on that. Yeah, and I, I did get a, I can't remember, there was a prompt that I had put in there that, uh, I can't remember, it was a ranking or something along those lines, and it said that the data was up through 2021. So it's, you know, if you're uh, interested to see how that impacts things, sort of the recency of of everything uh, and how that impacts the... Um, you know, would would change it right? Because is that yeah. the product description from? So if you launched a new, if you launched a new um, variation on your product, a new flavor, it wouldn't have picked up that that exists because it, anything its its universe ends on that date. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about SEO for a second because there's been a lot. Uh, initially, a lot of the chatter was about SEO on this. Um, so there's a couple big things here. One. Um, you know, most SEO analysts we've said say, hey, it doesn't replace a good copywriter, but it can be a great start 
we're getting your base of your content. Like write yes. the skeleton of the content for me. Yes. Write the basic content. But everyone has said that I've talked to said, but it still needs to be optimized for SEO. And that means ChatGPT is not always going to pick out the keywords you really want to emphasize. That's a matter of strategy and thinking through and which words need to be in there. So you need to do your own keyword research still and then work those in. Um, and there needs to be structural edits because ChatGPT doesn't structure it in the way that you know, your top SEO uh, analysts are going to want to structure certain content certain ways that makes it easy for Google to pick up. And uh, they said ChatGPT wasn't bad at that, but mm -hmm. they, there were ways to do it even better. Yeah, and I think this is where I've seen tools like uh, the Jasper tool be a nice... Again, the the, mm -hmm. the quality that I got out of Jasper is not as as fluent and and sort of human as uh, what I've seen out of ChatGPT. But what uh, you can do with the Jasper tools, you can give it keywords. So if you do your keyword research mm -hmm. uh, again to, to use that as the base for the the copy uh, to kick that out, and then like we talked about, you know, optimizing it uh, further for. Uh, basically having an editor do it. So yeah. I think that's where I've, I've seen the most success in, uh, you know, prior to chat GPT was uh, doing the keyword research, using the AI to produce some level of content, usually doing a mm -hmm. quick uh, review myself and then yeah. turning it over to a subject matter expert that can make sure that uh, everything yes. is as, uh, as accurate as possible because it's not infallible. There are mistakes that uh, come in, It'll make mistakes pretty, pretty yeah. regularly. So what you bring up here is the expert problem, right? And that's that's something that I want. That's great transition into it. Uh, just subject matter experts. What you'll find with the content coming out of with ChatGPT is it'll be, yeah, it's mostly accurate, but it'll be inaccurate as too. The same way that Wikipedia is mostly accurate, but sometimes inaccurate. And there's, you know, again, the the best input I got from people in SEO on this was. Hey, the best content has an expert point of view and has 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 subject matter expertise written in there. And ChatGPT is not going to have that. ChatGPT uh -huh. is going to give you a Wikipedia level post, which most people will say about Wikipedia or about journalism, right? Because I I spent a long time in journalism. And this is the same issue there. Of hey, it all sounds like the writer is very smart unless you really know something about the subject, and then it sounds like the writer is only skimming the surface and doesn't really know what they're talking about. And I think the best feedback I got from a lot of folks on chat GPT content was this content seems pretty great unless you really know about it. And if you really know about the content, you're going to realize that this is not great content. Um, but if you don't know much about the content, it's a great introduction to whatever question you're asking. And I think that that became among a lot of SEO experts that I talked to became a, a, a big deal in talking about it. One, you know, if you're really going to win, if you're not just trying to have some content out there, but you want to have content that wins, you need the subject matter expertise. So you can't just have ChatGPT do the post. Mm -hmm. um, and you need to have real subject expertise that dives deeper than just the surface the ChatGPT can get to. But also the other point that was brought up was if everybody, if all these people who create these like SEO sites to run ads on, they just churn out automated content. If they all give ChatGPT the same kind of prompts, which is very likely if they're saying, what's the top question asked on Google? I'm going to feed that in there and see what chat GPT spits out. They're all going to end up with the same or almost exactly the same content too. Yes. And as soon as you do that, I mean, Google right now is already scanning and so is Bing for automated content and penalizing you if it senses that it's automated. 
if you're putting a similar prompt to somebody else that's trying to build the same site and you end up with very similar content, you're both going to get knocked. Mm -hmm. And that was something they pointed out very quick. It's very easy for two people just trying to churn out content to put a similar prompt in there, end up with the same content, do some work to actually be worse SEO than you were when you started. And that also got to the point that uh, was brought up internally in our discussions here about, is this an arms race, right? Because right now, the general consensus is that Google's smart enough to see that this is automated content. If you use this exclusively and don't, don't dress it up a little bit and don't uh, put your own touch on it, and especially if everybody starts using it, Google can tell that it's automated content. It's going to recognize the patterns. Then does ChatGBT evolve to beat that? Is there an arms race that's going to happen between Google trying to detect automated content versus AI tools like ChatGPT getting smarter and smarter about how to fool the search engines on that. Are we entering that yeah, that phase, right? It's an interesting, you know, topic in that I just like it when people talk about having like ChatGPT to to replace writers and and experts and things like that, like the value of the experience, the value of a brand, I think we have seen become even more valuable in recent years especially you know on Amazon right is it you know 5 years ago 7 years ago you used to have all these sort of no name brand products out of China that were were cheap or whatever but then people started to value brands more and more so having that unique perspective seems like the way obviously to you know can yeah. you use can you use the automated content to help do certain aspects of it you know how do, like how does google evolve to recognize this because mm -hmm. in certain ways right like uh you know there's there's people that might uh have automated content or nothing at all right if yes. you can have a uh you know product description or or a web page a collection page it's gonna you're not gonna be able to produce the content that you need for it just written but if you have you know uh an ai uh tool create a content for you is something better than nothing? Yeah, um, and that's for a lot of sites. Um, you know, we've played around with sites that are purely SEO-driven sites. You're just putting content under just to get to the search engines. And I think it would do well at that. For something that's a brand, then you're going to have the question of, can you write a prompt that's good enough that OpenAI can maybe speak in, your, in the voice you want? Mm -hmm. And that's where I think there's more skepticism, and rightfully yes. so, right? Yes. Can it speak with the level of expertise, or can it speak with the voice? And those are that's the hallmark of like stellar copy mm -hmm. and it can't quite get there yet. Can it give you a bed to work from? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Let's talk about some other things you did well, right? Yes. Cause that's when you get to like content, like you're trying to get number one ranking contact on a key a, a, with subject matter expertise or brand content that has a real big voice to it. That's where it's going to struggle more. But other things that we did, like I wrote a series of Q and a questions where I just, I fed it information from our website about products that we had. And just started asking at Q&A like I was a customer. The Q&A answers were really pretty good. I gave it like 10 questions. There's maybe one or two tweaks I would have had to the answers, but mm -hmm. it gave pretty good answers, which means used in real time to a customer on a site, it would give pretty good answers, right? Yeah. I thought that was fairly impressive for it. And we've seen it write good email copy. We've seen it write good press releases. Yep. Press release is even better than email, I think, because press releases are so formatted mm -hmm. and the format never changes. You know, here's your intro paragraph, here's your explanatory paragraph, here's your key quote from one of the principles. And I've seen it just nail press release writing pretty well. Yes. Now the prompts have to be there too. So it's it's yep. a matter of the prompts. Are the prompts really good or not? Yes. 
So just you know, touching on the email side of things a little bit, one of the things that I did have uh, done a few times is to to uh, tell ChatGPT to to outline a five sequence email flow for post purchase or an upsell or a um, reactivation you know type of flow, and uh, it was really neat to see it churn out something that was pretty good. You know what I mean? I give some details about a customer about you know, where they're located and, you know, they're a family business or whatever. Uh, and it was able to produce a pretty high level of an outline and then sort of walked it through the different email sequences. And, and like I think you mentioned, Tim, is that the voice, I just couldn't quite get it to nail the voice yeah, side of things. It still, it still feels when, a little flat, right? Yeah. When I, the original iterations of the email were very formal. And I tried to sort of just... You told talk like a hippie, right? Yeah. Is what you told it, yep. right? The, those were the exact like talk more like a hippie? Yep. I said, make it less formal and uh, be more in the voice of a hippie. And uh, I think that the sign off on it was like peace, love and flowers or something like that. But uh, so it was, it was Oh, close. it took the cliche. It took the cliched way out. Yeah. But yeah. the overall copy didn't quite get there. But I think my major takeaway on this is that there's been a few automated email sequences in terms of reactivation or, um, you know, just bolstering, uh, upsell purchases or upsell flows or browse abandonment or things like that, that I think that a chat GPT could nail, you could probably get 75 to 80% of the way there for most brands within an hour or so being able to just give it the prompts. And then Obviously, you need to edit it for your, your yeah. voice and things like well, that. Well, I think, but. and one of the more interesting conversations I've seen develop out of this is the art of the prompt itself. And there's been some very good posts from people who have spent more time with AI than either UI, right? That are out there saying, hey, the best way to structure stuff for UI is in this format, where they're giving, like, you want this part of the description here, you want context here, but kind of structure it like this, and the AI is going to understand it best. And they've been using that for ChatGPT. They've been using their kind of structured formats. And then they've also had examples where they just give, they use their structure for what, the, you know, here's how the AI is going to think through it. So here's how you structure your prompt. But here's how much detail to add. And I've seen some amazing things with people adding lots of detail, not just like the sentence or two in some of the prompts we were playing with, but mm-hmm. like add what would be a page of text into the prompt mm-hmm. um, that's very detailed and very structured and very thought through and then have it, outputs and things that are pretty impressive but you know again it becomes the art of writing the prompt at that point becomes where you're focused instead of just trying to write the copy mm-hmm. at some point writing the prompt maybe takes more work than you would have taken to write the copy but um in some other things we've seen especially when people use um a really deep really written prompt and then feed that to an art AI, an ai art generator that kind of shows you where having a deep prompt works and i should also say too there's been a lot of people now experimenting using using ChatGPT to create better prompts for ChatGPT and have it being recursive in that way, and that's um, that's pretty interesting too. If if the art is creating a great prompt, but you can use ChatGPT to create a better prompt than the one you started with, yeah, that you know where does that go? I don't know. <laughs> right, but that right. then then my brain starts to twist up a little bit. <laughs> oh, it hurts! It hurts. Yes. Yeah, I I think that's you know. As you're talking, you're like, okay, well, I can, how much time can I put into uh, the prompt 
versus, you know what I mean? But, but I, if you were hiring somebody then, would you say, instead of saying, hey, I want to see a sample of your writing, would you say, I want to see a sample of your prompts? Yeah. I don't think that's too far-fetched. I, I don't think that's way out of there. Because I think some people are going to write much better prompts than others of that. You know, at the end of the day. Not today, but I mean down the line. If this becomes a serious thing, being able to write good prompts is going to determine how good your output is. I mean, yeah, but I just really, at the end of the day, care about the output, honestly. Well, I'm saying, but if you care about the output, then the input in is what's going to determine how good the output is. Yeah. A better prompt writer is going to get better output than somebody who... I mean, you could say, hey, give me me your prompt and then let's feed it in and see what it does, right? That's Um, true. But I think the you know how good the prompt is becomes, as opposed to right now, we might look at a writing sample. But right now, but going in the future, you might look at a prompt sample and then feed it in. Like you wouldn't just try to grade the prompt yourself. You'd feed that in the AI and see what happens. Yep, yep. So we've talked, we've talked press releases, we've talked SEO, talked blog posts a little bit. The expert problem there. Talked Facebook ads, product descriptions. Uh, let's see. One thing that I'm I'm interested. I have not had a chance to do this yet. Is uh, so Google Shopping is uh the way that that works is it uses your product descriptions as your ad copy, as your search terms, as the whole bit. What I would love to do is to be able to feed product descriptions into a chat, you know, to, to an AI content generator, and see how much we can beef those up. Does that help? Or does that hurt our Google Shopping performance if we all of a sudden are uh, using um, AI-generated yeah. content? Because that, I think we talked about product descriptions. I, you know, the challenge there, I think, does become around the branding side of things, like we mentioned, is if we're not quite nailing, if if brand is really important to a product description, then it probably is going to miss. But that's the, the one thing that I'm uh, very interested to see. You know, can we can we sort of do this in mass and just bump out that product descriptions? But yeah. And does it do it better? I guess is a question because we mentioned that it doesn't always know the right keywords, right? Mm -hmm. Do you do it where it writes what it thinks to optimize copy, but that's not actually an improvement in the way the Google search, Google shopping engine looks for it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We haven't run those tests. Well, we've tried writing some copy. We have it inserted and see if the ranking goes up or down. Right. Right. So we don't, we don't have any, Let's talk about images because images is another area where if you go on and look at the chatter and the forums about ChatGPT, a lot there's a lot of image work being done, and it took me I'll admit it took me a an hour or two to realize that the images don't come from ChatGPT. The images come from using ChatGPT to create prompts that you then feed into a separate AI engine to create the images. But there's some pretty amazing things out there. We've seen some things already. And and one of our bottlenecks, we'll say, as a as a not a giant company, right? Um, and working with a lot of small to medium sized businesses, and one of their bottlenecks too is often art, and finding getting photography done and getting all the different lifestyle shots and the call out shots, and and we have we work with a team of really good VAs that helps us get that done a lot of times. But just getting the initial product shot or getting something with lifestyle done is hard. Um, I've seen some really interesting experiments of here's my product now show it in this setting. And people using Dolly or some of the other higher end um, AI art generators and producing really good product shots. Yeah. That are like good second, you know, you still have to create your main, say it's Amazon, right? You still have to create your main product shot. But I've seen people really quickly create some really good secondary shots. I haven't seen, there's been some tests doing like call out shots to call out features and benefits. That's also a kind of a use of time. I haven't seen those be as successful yet. But here's my product. Now show it 
show it in the hands of a woman hiking as she's resting on a boulder while going up the mountain. Mm-hmm. And boom, it's there. That's, to me, pretty impressive to see, right? Yeah. Because that's, that's not something most small, medium-sized businesses aren't going to stage that shoot unless it just comes back from, a, from somebody who had to be on a hike. But being able to just go in there and specify that and have that spit back out as your image, and, and a credible image too, no less. Yes. That's, that's fairly impressive. And I think for most smaller sellers, that's like a, that's a boon, I yes. would think. You know, and I've done maybe a little bit less on the image side of things. I have seen, I've seen people use it for, like they wrote a, a children's story that was sort of animated and, you know, it's, it's uh, art. It's, it's less of, you know, appearing like a photograph, but I've also seen some stuff that looks like a photograph. Yes. And I, you know, that's where I, I, I don't know. Have you had that success, Tim? Have you, have you been able to feed it in and actually get any photos? Cause I, that's right. I keep on getting knocked out of chat GPT for my own test, but I've, I followed others who have been doing these tests, right? Yeah. And, and the most successful is I just want it with this kind of, I want my product. Here's my, cause you have to, the free tools you can use usually don't have the power to do this right Mm -hmm. it looks a little funky but the higher end ones you just you need to feed it the right base images so you need to feed it good just flat on a white background whatever product shot so it can have those but i've seen some really good results with show it on a background like this or show it with this Mm -hmm. like show it under a christmas tree i've seen people do you know for because i want to switch out my photos just for the holiday right now on amazon so here's my product. Now show it under a Christmas tree in the morning with, you know, just dusk, a little bit of light. Um, I've seen some really good examples of that. The, fo- the ones I've seen of people actually holding and using it have been a little hit or miss. I've seen some good ones. I've seen some ones that feel like it's impressive that the AI can do that, but it doesn't look quite real just yet because the person that the AI created to hold the product isn't holding it the way a normal <laughs> right. person would, right? <laughs> yes. Um, so as soon as you get to where it has to interact with the person's space, it gets a little, a uh, little funky at that point. But, um, you know, if you're showing that I want it in this setting, or I want it showing here's the, here's a kitchen where somebody's preparing things. And I want to see mine on the counter, my product on the counter next to everything else. I've seen some really good, um, AI generated photography looking art like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that just seems so much faster to A-B test stuff, to get stuff done. It just seems really quick and you don't need to be a great photographer. You just need to have great base art, but everything else it figures out. Yeah. I think this is definitely one of those areas where the prompt obviously is going to be what you can are able to feed into it and, and learning sort of the knack yeah. of it can can be pay huge dividends. Because like you say, like uh, at, being able to produce those and get those into a... Uh, product page whether that's on your yeah. website or amazon could be pretty pretty fun and just then, the speed of it yeah and and the, the real question i wanted to ask and what i what i would go to next is to go to somebody who's a really good photoshop oh yeah editor and just say because because i haven't seen anything that somebody who's really good at photoshop couldn't do for the most part um and the question that would i would like to ask like john over here that works with us right on photoshop stuff how much of this could they do how easy would it be so there's this massive processing power to get it done through AI, but is are we just using massive processing power to do something that a really good graphics editor could do in in 60 seconds, mm-hmm. right? So how much are we really saving if that's the case? Or maybe we're saving a lot. Yeah. And it, it's, it's really easy to get super impressed by the AI, but then how much time is it really saving you over 
somebody who really knows what they're doing, I don't know, right? Yeah. And you can say, well, that's a person and that takes dollars to pay the person, but the that the amount of processing power the things use, it's not going to be free. Yes. <laughs> the test is free right now. Right. But this, you know, there it's not going to be a free service when it finally they've already and OpenAI has already said they need to monetize it at some point. So they're going to pause the test, do the next iteration of it, and at some point it's going to be a pay for a pay to use product. Um the other thing, and we're running low on time here, so I do want to bring in the more advanced things we've seen people do. And Casey and our team's been fooling around with this a little bit too. Um but we've already seen out there people create um, plugins for WordPress that work, that add functionality to WordPress, and describe what they need to ChatGPT and have ChatGPT create the plugin code and actually create, write the program for them. Yep. So we've seen that. And, and I haven't used enough of them to say if they're fairly limited plugins or not, but the fact that it can even do it in the first couple of days of this thing being available, that people can figure that out. We've seen people also try to write Shopify apps. For this too we just don't know at this point it's so early this thing's been out there barely over a week we don't know because shopify apps have to get approval through the shopify app store and a lot mm -hmm. of verifications so we don't know if those are actually working or not and how much of that i think is again seeing some of this stuff it's like, i'm very interested to see the evaluation of some of these yes. it's like did you have a pretty fairly baked you know well done app that you then cleaned up you know what i mean or uh yeah. you know what is like what is the ai actually well, I, doing I, what are they yeah. actually contributing i think the potential here is really high but i did i did watch one youtube video of a guy who says hey watch i'm going to create a wordpress plugin and he created it and it worked like he created a plugin it worked but then at the end the plugin code wasn't very long mm -hmm. the code for the plugin compared to the amount that he fed in with the prompt. Mm -hmm. It seems like the the prompt information that he fed it was ten Twice to twenty long, times yeah. ten to twenty times as much as what the actual code was. And then the oh, question wow. would be would be, and it was fairly technical. It wasn't just writing. It was had to feed it this data table and that mm -hmm. thing. It's like, would it have been easier just to write the code at that point? Yeah. And this was somebody who knew their code already, right? So, yeah. could this person have created that code for that for that faster than they? fed the AI the information to write it on its own. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and so, so are you, are, again, are you saving or not at this point becomes part of the question. Yeah. And I think the last thing on that is uh, this past week I had to update a Shopify collection page template uh, for a specific purpose. We had some products that we didn't want to list the price and the collection price collection page automatically showed the price uh, of each one of the, the products on the page. And I was like, you know, I want to see if we can do this. And so I was, I was able to track down, you know, where the price was at in the code. I don't know liquid uh, really at all, uh, but was able to feed in, you know, the right little snippets of code uh, into that and be able to update the template to accomplish that mission. You know, uh, the, I would be interested in, I have to talk with our developer around, Hey, how, how, well is this structured or poorly is this structured for you know the rest of the site but i think that's where like you know i think you're to your major point here tim as it, tim, as it relates to code is it seems like the most effective people using this are people who already are developers and you know how efficient is this in addition yeah. to it you know, and i fully fully understand that maybe for the initial trial cases like this they're just trying to see if it can do something simple mm -hmm. and then with more time they'd be able to use it to create something fairly complex 
that they would save a ton of time for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen someone like the art prompts that people have made, you know, stuff that we would do of, hey, take my product and put it with a different background, do this, are fairly straightforward and maybe a Photoshop editor could do more quickly. Mm-hmm. But I've seen some of the ones of create full paintings of this and create full, the very detailed artwork on certain topics. And yeah, that's clearly faster using a prompt in an AI art generator than it would be to paint that yourself, for example. Yeah. So there's clearly, I think the more elaborate the case, the more chances that you're creating efficiency and saving time. Right on, right on. So well, what are our conclusions out of say- this? To me, to me, a big one was the art of the prompt. I mean, you may not agree with this, but the art of the prompt becomes a major thing to learn how to create great prompts if you're going to get great output from AI. Yes, that, that especially was on images. Especially apparent. on images. Mm-hmm. Images, but also copy and being able to fine-tune it. Um, I thought it was important there. Yeah, I think my my takeaway on this is one of my takeaways on this is that it's not gonna get. You should never expect it to get a hundred percent of the way there. You should always have to you have to have good inputs and have to have somebody review and a post edit. So you is know, what you're saying, right? Yeah, exa- exactly. You have to to tweak it. So, so is it gonna is it gonna change the way we do a lot of things? I would say some things. I think this is, could be depends a on your tool. window. Like tomorrow, it's not gonna change. But over the uh, over the next two years, I think it's gonna change. I think it will change a lot. I think there's opportunities for us as an agency to be able to provide more service, you know, better copy at least services to our customers, you know, fairly simply if we have this this tool. Um, again, is it going to get it all the way there? Are we going to, you know, we still need uh, quality editors and quality inputs, but I think that uh, it can, especially for, you know, customers that uh, don't have, they're not doing ten million or fifty million dollars worth of sale. They're not venture back things like that. Could be a great tool to help provide more quickly some of the content that they need to to compete. Yeah. So you're talking about a being a multiplier on the hours you can put into the business. Yeah, absolutely. In that respect. Yeah. Which I think for especially for small to medium sized businesses, yeah, it can be a multiplier for the standard tasks. I think for larger businesses, they're looking for how it creates more complex, large things. Mm-hmm. Um, but absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, hope you've enjoyed this episode talking AI content generator, chat GPT, and uh, lots of good stuff. We'll, we'll keep you posted on how we're using this and uh, would love to hear from you. If you have used this and are find su- finding success with us, give us a shout. Love to hear from you. Anyway, hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to this episode and we will catch you again soon. Mm-hmm.